A reading from the Gospel according to John. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I cannot sing the hymn, And Can It Be, without remembering my friend David's funeral in December of 2000. It was July of 1999. Diane had just been diagnosed with breast cancer and had surgery. We had gotten home, and a few days later, David and Marcia and Wesley and Hillary came from Kansas City on a college tour for Hillary, came to check on us. They went home. Two weeks later, I get a call from Wesley. Dad's in the hospital. He's got a brain tumor, glioblastoma multiform. As soon as I could get a ticket, I flew from Charlotte to Kansas City to see my friend David in the hospital, St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City. I couldn't imagine not doing that as quickly as I could. Lazarus is sick. Come, Jesus, and see him. But no, Jesus waits around a couple of days. By the time he gets there, Lazarus has been dead and in the tomb for four days. You know where Bethany is located, the town where Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Lazarus live. It's only two miles from Jerusalem. We know what's going to happen there in a couple of weeks. It's going to be time for Jesus to die. And so here we are at the very end of Jesus' public ministry in John's gospel. Because in chapter 12, Jesus begins to explain, give the, the disciples final words, how you're going to, to survive and thrive and carry on ministry without my physical presence. So here we are, and, and in any case, Martha and Mary, uh, Lazarus' sisters, complained to Jesus about his absence while their brother Lazarus was ill and died. If you look at both verses 21 and 32, the sisters both say exactly the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, Jesus, we think you can do something with the living but not the dead. Some of us may think 
like Martha and Mary, our situation's too far gone for even Jesus to help. But the rest of the text proves that that's not true. And yes, Lazarus leaves the tomb with new life, but the price of offering new life is that Jesus has to enter the tomb. Jesus has to offer his life. Jesus himself says it in chapter 12, verse 24, that one cannot give life unless one dies. And Jesus is no exception. Later on in the 12th chapter, Jesus says, Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it's for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I've glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken. Depends on what you're listening for, whether you hear thunder or you hear an angel. But the question that emerges from all of this is, is the leader exempt from the demands and disciplines required of the followers? Regardless, regardless of the ways and the policies by which other institutions operate in the church, there is no primrose path for the shepherd and a thorny one for the flock. No special perks for the leader. Jesus submits to the same demand given to those who are called to follow him. So from where did Jesus' tears come? They come immediately following verse 34 when they say to Jesus, come and see. The expression come and see in this gospel is an invitation to discipleship. These words come and see occur four times in John's gospel. We find it in John 1.39, the call of two of the disciples, one of them being Andrew, Peter's brother. Jesus says to them, come and see. Come follow me. Come be my disciples. And then, and then in the same chapter, verse, uh, verse 46 of the first chapter, Nathanael says to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip says, come and see. Follow, be a disciple. And in chapter 4, verse 29, the story we know is the Samaritan woman at the well. She issues an invitation to discipleship to all the people she knows by saying, come and see, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He can't be the Messiah, can he? Come and see. And then here, then here, Chapter eleven thirty four. Jesus asks, "Where have you laid him?" And they say, "Come and see. Come and see, Jesus. Come and see. Follow through on your commitment. Be faithful. Follow your Father in heaven." And with that, Jesus begins to cry. New life is free for you and me, but it isn't cheap for Jesus. Come and see is a call to discipleship, and in this instance, it's a call to die. Jesus, if you do this, then the Sanhedrin will coalesce and they will see 
that you die. And that's what happens because he comes and sees. But that's the same call that, go, that goes out to all of us. The call that Jesus hears, come and see, is the call that he offers us, calls us with today. And the call is not just to be a hearer, but a doer as well. Some of you know of Clarence Jordan of the Cotton Patch Gospel fame. Started the group in Georgia called Koinonia Farms back in the 50s. It was an interracial community based on commitment to the ways of Christ. Very controversial then and sometimes even now. One day, Clarence Jordan went to his brother Bob to ask for help. So you see, Bob was a successful attorney in Atlanta. And Clarence and Little Koinonia Farm seemed to always be in some kind of legal problems because of their, of their stances. And so Clarence asked his attorney, Brother Bob, for help. I can't do that, Clarence. It caused problems in my practice. It probably ruined my political career, my political aspirations. I don't understand, Bob. I thought you were a Christian too. This is the way brothers talk to each other. Didn't we grow up in the same church and the same sons? Didn't we stand at the same altar and say that we were giving our lives to Jesus Christ? Didn't we do that, Bob? Well, yes. Then I think, Bob, that that means you're only a Christian up to a point, doesn't it? Suppose I am. Suppose I am just Christian up to a point. And that point, Clarence said, could that possibly be the cross? Yes, Clarence, yes, Clarence. I suppose it is. I'll go to the cross with Jesus, but I won't get on the cross with Jesus. I will not be crucified. Clarence looked Bob straight in the eye and said, Then, Robert, I don't think you're a disciple. I think you should go back to the church where you belong and tell them, tell them you're an admirer of Jesus but not a disciple. Come and see. Come and see. The word to Jesus as, as his public ministry comes to a close is come and see. The same word that he extends to you and me today. Come and see. Come follow me. Come be a disciple. And what does that mean? I don't know what it all means for you. I don't know what God has in store. I don't know what God is calling you to do. It may mean as a church, if, if this church is to be faithful to Christ, this church may need to give up some of its old ways of being and doing church. May have to be open to more change. You know, I, every church I go to, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, pastor, I know we need to change. And you probably heard this, this from me before. Just don't change my stuff. You know, those folks over there need to change. May call for us to sacrifice. What would you be willing to give up in order to live, to really live, to be free, in order to experience new life? For one, it was very costly. It did cost him his life. Almost 72 years ago, it was April the 8th, 
1945. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Christian minister of the gospel who had worked against Hitler, even plotted for his death. Bonhoeffer found himself in a concentration camp in Flossenburg. On this Sunday, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer did every Sunday, he held a service of worship for the other prisoners, and he had preached on the text Isaiah 53, 5, By his stripes we are healed. He had hardly finished his last prayer, said Payne Best, a British secret servant agent who also was in Flossenburg with Bonhoeffer. When the door opened and two evil-looking men in civilian clothes came in and said, Prisoner Bonhoeffer, get ready to come with us. Those words, come with us, had come to mean only one thing for the prisoners. The scaffold, the gallows, and death. As Bonhoeffer exchanged goodbyes with pain best, he said to him, This is the end, but for me it is the beginning of life. Come and see. Come and see. Discipleship meant literal death. It's probably not for you and me. You know, we don't get to write that big million-dollar check and say, here, I'll give it all. No, it comes in little 35-cent, 40-cent checks that you write every day with your life. That's how you and I decide that we're going to be disciples and how we are. We never write that big check. It's always little checks that we write throughout the day, every day of our lives. Come and see. Where must you die in order to live? What gets in, your, in the way of, of your following Jesus? What controls and directs your life other than the values of the Lord Jesus Christ? Come and see. Come be his disciples even now. Amen.